Gary Hoffman. Yeah. You feel it, baby? Shannon Farron. And I'm not going to brag about how much ass I kicked, but let's just say I kicked every single ass. Gary and Shannon. Right away. Uh, We'd like to issue an apology. Uh, It's an apology to Mackenzie, actually. Yeah. Mackenzie's been here for what, three days? Is it three days now? I just feel like we should have been on our better behavior for the last couple of days. Yes. And you hear us yelling and acting like fools. Did you see The Office? And The Office looks like something happened. <laughs> Shannon happened. Well, we know well, that. It's Nick's fault because he said... Oh, okay. Blame It's a shifter. he, him Friday. Because we were talking about different binary options. We're not using gendered language today. Please do not use gendered language to, to address everyone. God. And then chairs were thrown. And, and then I, I, it was a he, him Friday, so I felt Gary the testosterone. The Gary kicked you the You kicked lemur? Pink Pong? Yeah, you guys weren't in the room for that. Whoa. Step away. That's like a sign of a serial killer when you start abusing animals. That's the sign of a serial killer. Have you yeah. not seen that office? <laughs> it's like it's, it's described. It's not even an office anymore. It's a lair. <laughs> Where bad things go. Uh, why do so many people visit us then? <laughs> well, why do so many people fall for serial killers' antics? I, I think people enjoy a train wreck, is what I think. <clears throat> yeah, there's a line. There's a line from uh, from the morning show uh, that Apple TV show with Jennifer Aniston, yeah. Reese Witherspoon, and Steve Carell. Uh, where Billy Crudup says something like, you know, watching a middle-aged woman, d- watching the downfall of a middle-aged woman or something like that is so very American. Not that you're a middle-aged woman. I'm just saying watching people go crazy is a you're is really, an entertaining you gotta thing. you got to be careful. Why? Well, you just insinuated that middle-aged women go crazy. No, no, I'm saying that was the line in the show. And I would like to alter that to crazy happens in your, like, early 30s. <laughs> like, that's when the crazy time hits. You're not in your early 30s. Is that what you're trying to say? No, oh. I'm saying... <laughs> that it's Friday? That usually it happens around that time. Uh, I think when you're middle-aged, you kind of start to calming down a little bit. Right. You realize that crazy is not going to get you very far. I don't know if there's a realization of that. (laughs) Uh, Today, it looks like House Speaker Nancy Pelosi did say that she will probably take steps next week to send the articles of impeachment to the Senate. Um, This this means more than just the timing of of whatever trial is going to take place. This also has an impact on the Democratic candidates for president because – so many of them are senators, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Amy Klobuchar, Cory Booker. And if they are caught up in a Senate trial, they don't get to campaign. They have to be in Washington, D.C. So somebody like Cory Booker is uh, freaking out about the timing of this because if it goes up, trial starts before 
the Iowa caucuses, he's done. That's the end of his campaign, basically, because he's not going to make a showing in Iowa. Well, we've been wondering how Iran would respond to all the intelligence that shows it was one of the Iranian missiles that took down that Ukrainian jetliner, killing 176 people on board. Well, the Iranian government has denied playing a role in that, and the United States has promised appropriate action today in response. They are now doubling and tripling down on the fact that they say it's not them, that it must have been a mechanical issue, despite the fact now we've seen multiple media organizations that have confirmed the authenticity of the videos that show an apparent missile being launched and striking the airplane in the middle of the air. I don't know if you also saw this. There was some dramatic surveillance video from a fixed camera on the ground. It was just, I don't remember if it was a business or uh, someone's home camera there in Tehran, w- near where the plane hit the ground. And the fireball that this the plane was in when it hit the ground was incredible. And you see the thing just disintegrate once it hits the ground. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said an investigation will continue into this and that once it was complete, he was quoting here, confident that we and the world will take appropriate action as a response. Iran did say that they would allow Ukraine, uh, Ukrainian investigators access to the site. They also said that they would give them access to the data recorders and the cockpit voice recorder. But do you know what Iran has already done? They have bulldozed the entire crash site, and it was a big site. But they brought in bulldozers to move the, the stuff out of the way so that any investigation – that is done by outside is done on a clean slate without any of the debris where it landed. The head of the Iranian investigation team said recovering data from the black box flight recorders could take more than a month and that the entire investigation could stretch into next year. He did say that Iran may request help from international experts if it's not able to extract the flight recordings. I don't know if that just means, like you said, they'd go to Ukraine or if they would bring in other people that have those capabilities. I would imagine that Canada, we we heard Justin Trudeau yesterday say that his belief is that it was a missile, but that it may have been an unintentional launch, that, that either they mistook that airplane for a hostile aircraft yes. or somebody just got nervous. I think they were whatever anticipating a response. You mean the people on the ground? Yeah. Yeah. So they so it makes sense. I mean, it. So maybe it wasn't an accident. Maybe they know it wasn't an accident, and that's why they're denying everything. It's possible. But I think Canada has the ability to put pressure on their allies. I mean, because, listen, the United States is going to have to take a side seat on all of this, even if we do get Boeing inspectors in there to take a look at any of the equipment or the crash site or whatever. The onus is going to be on European investigators to be the ones who shed light on this. And I don't know if Iran would be comfortable with uh, uh, French investigators or German investigators coming in and doing most of the work because they know, it sounds like, they know it's going to point to them. They know it's going to be bad news for them. Well, Boeing is also in the news today because there is a batch of emails and texts that have been released about the 737 MAX and about what Boeing employees were talking about amongst themselves when it came to concerns about that 737 Max. Hey, we'll do that. We'll also give away a thousand bucks on this uh, fun Friday.
Kiki. What is our Flashback Friday year? 73. It's for Gary's birthday week. Oh, right. Yeah. Don't say yeah. Yeah. This may be the song that was playing when I popped out. Maybe not. I don't know. What a beautiful thought. <laughs> Hospital music doesn't tend to be the hit. No, it does not. Wait, were you a home birth? <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever heard this no. song before. You've never Are heard you tie a yellow ribbon around the old oh, oak tree? No, I have. I've never heard this song before. You may have scrubbed it from your memory, which yeah. is understandable, but... I've, yeah, maybe. I've heard it a couple times. Uh, we are uh, following a bunch of stories on this uh, Friday, January 10th, including Nancy Pelosi saying that it's probably next week that she will send articles of impeachment to the Senate. Also talked about the debris of that Ukraine Airlines plane that crashed uh, just outside of Tehran. Looks like Iran has already cleaned up the crash site. I mean, whatever measurements or instruments or whatever forensic investigation they did, it appears that they're done. They bulldozed it. So um, we'll keep an eye on that story. And then, of course, uh, unemployment. Good news today. Unemployment stayed at 3.5%, 50-year low. Uh, Labor Department's Bureau of Labor Statistics said that the economy added 145,000 jobs in December. And the number of employed Americans, we're now at and almost 159 million, sets a 25th record under the president. Well... Oh, we got a thousand bucks for your away. chance Speaking at a thousand bucks. And text money. the nationwide keyword cash, C A S H, to 200 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rate supply in this nationwide contest. That's cash to 200 200. Got to pick up the phone if you get a call from a number you don't recognize because that may be the money man on the other side giving you a thousand bucks. If you don't answer, They'll move on to somebody who will answer, and they get a thousand bucks. But we got a chance an hour from now, every hour during our show. In fact, every weekday, twenty after every hour between five twenty and six twenty, five twenty in the morning, six twenty at night. We have a new batch of emails and text messages sent between Boeing employees, and they show that employees did raise doubts among themselves about the safety of the seven thirty seven Max, and that they apparently tried to hide these problems from federal regulators. And ridiculed those responsible for the design and the people overseeing the 737 MAX development. Uh, If you go back to May of 2018, one of these emails, this was an employee who said, I still haven't been forgiven by God for covering up what I did last year. Now, it's not clear exactly what that employee is talking about, what cover up they're, they're talking about. But they talked about um, in these emails, there was a whole bunch of redactions. They're full of jargon that basically only people in the aerospace industry or even specifically Boeing might understand. And, Here, and none of the employees' names were used. Here's one email that doesn't include jargon. And I think we can all understand the gist behind this sentiment. This airplane is designed by clowns who are in turn supervised by monkeys. We end up looking like a monkey f***ing a football out there. That's fantastic. These, if we were going to talk crap yes. about this station right. or this company, yep. would you and I ever sit down and write emails back and forth like that? No, we no. do it like human beings do. We do it over a 
over a beer <laughs> downstairs at Morton. Or did we just verbalize it in this studio? Right. During where the breaks. Where there's no microphones or anything. Oh, wait. One, two, three, four, five microphones in here that could be on at any time without us knowing. <laughs> um, Boeing says that these conversations raise questions about Boeing's interactions with the FAA in getting the simulators qualified. Now, again, it's not. this is not even just the plain 737 MAX. It's the simulators to train the pilots on how to use them, which is also a problem. The, uh, these emails uh, and messages between employees just add evidence to the idea that Boeing was misleading the FAA about how the 737 MAX and the 737 MAX simulators were going to work. Back in October, for example, Boeing turned over messages in which a former senior test pilot told a coworker. That the flight control system, remember the, the MCAS, this is the control system that was implicated in both of the 737 MAX crashes. He said that that MCAS flight control system was egregious and that it was running rampant when he tested it in a flight simulator. Get this. Another employee, a test pilot, says he crashed. The simulator, the first few tri- the first few times that the MCAS was involved. And he says, you get decent at it after three or four tries, but the first few are ugly. These guys flying 737 Maxes in Africa or Indonesia apparently didn't have the three or four tries that it takes to get it right. The first time it, it, it turned on is when the plane went down and they lost 346 people over two crashes. It's just so disgusting to know that the FAA and Boeing were in bed together to the tune of all of those lives. 346 lives. Why? Because it was going to cost money to update the safety protocols? You know, we've asked this question whether or not we would ever get back into a 737 MAX. I mean, you get – because of the way you book flights now, you often get to see what plane, what kind of plane at least you're in. every time. Um, I do it just to see what kind of comfort level I can expect based on the the type of plane or how big the plane is or whatever. Uh, There were people um, who were telling – Co-workers, in one exchange, an employee told a colleague he or she would not let their family members ride on a 737 MAX, and the person on the other end of the message agreed with them. you imagine that? What horrible public relations for, for Boeing yeah. at this point. They, they either – You can never put those back in the sky. You either – I think you're done with that, eat with that it, aircraft. Right. Yeah. You eat it. Like the, the hundreds of planes that have been built and I are either sitting idle out in the desert – or are waiting to be delivered, you either just, I, I don't know what you do. You you just dismantle them? You sell them for scrap at that point? Because you're not going to put a 737 MAX back in the air. You might call it something else. You might relabel it. But people are going to know what that airplane is, and they have just been racked by this. I mean, they fired their CEO, for God's sake. That doesn't happen in a place like that. Well, we have talked about the Jennifer Dulos case, her estranged husband, charged with murder this week. Well, now people are looking at the family court system and 
They say that the Jennifer Dulos case highlights a pretty common problem in custody disputes and messy divorces. We'll talk about that when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Marianne Williamson is out. Uh, just last week, I think it was, she fired everybody on her campaign staff and officially suspended her campaign for the Democratic nomination today. So, a love letter to Marianne Williamson coming up in Swamp Watch. Oh, yeah, I got to do that. Yeah, you got to get on that. Um, we are watching the story out of Iran, of course, the ongoing investigation. I don't even, at this point, I don't even know if you'd call it an investigation. They have already come to the conclusion that they didn't shoot it down. Although everyone else in the world has come to the conclusion that Iran shot down that Ukraine Airlines plane. So uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more during Swamp Watch as well. Tomorrow, no, this weekend, I think it's uh, late Sunday night. We are going to be on uh, Going Rogan on KNBC Channel 4 with uh, our friend and sometime mentor, Fred Rogan. Yes. We may or may not talk about not wearing pants. It was thrust upon us, though. We, we, didn't, are... we didn't bring it up. It was thrust upon us. Correct. We, we had to. Um, but it's always fun to uh, hang out with Fred and everybody over at, and Lori over at, uh, and Jared, everybody over at uh, Channel 4. Jennifer Dulez, the 50-year-old mother of five from Connecticut. This was the woman who disappeared in May, and it looks like her estranged husband, Fotis Dulez, was the one who killed her, and they're finally getting enough evidence to arrest him and charge him this week. He is out on bond, but people are pointing at this specific case as indicative of the problem with the family court system in this country. Now, if you know anyone who's been through the family court system, you know it is a mess. It, you know, when I was a reporter and um, covered murder trials and uh, all sorts of different horrific crimes, but I've never seen the kind of contention and upsetment and traumatization that I saw when I was at a family court corridor covering the uh, Frank McCourt, Jamie McCourt divorce. You see kids crying. You see parents yelling at each other. It is really ugly stuff. It is terrible. And you can, uh, the the one time I remember being at the Edelman Family Court, I think is what it's called out here right off the uh, 10 maybe and mm-hmm. where the 710 comes along, um, across from Cal State LA. The one time I was in there was for a friend's adoption. A friend was adopting a kid and they were making it final. And it was wonderful like the the 10 minutes of appearing before the judge for that was incredible tears everybody's happy yeah beautiful scene right the 30 minutes before that and the 20 minutes that we were in the courtroom after that were horrific yes. i mean like you said the most pain the most uh gripping testimony from tearing uh terry Tearing up little children, yes. talking about their kids and their parents. Oh and my the, God. I just, I mean, it's ridiculous. So I, I, huge kudos to the people who work in family court because they're needed. But it's it's proof, like you said, 
that this is endemic. I mean, throughout the country, these family courts dealing with things like this. Jennifer Dulos was fear, fearful. She was feared. She had feared her ex-husband. She feared for her life. She wrote in a 2017 affidavit, I am afraid of my husband. I know that filing for divorce and filing this motion will enrage him. I know he will retaliate by trying to harm me in some way. And that affidavit was not enough to save her from her husband. Here's another aspect of this that I hadn't heard of before. When they started their divorce proceedings a couple of years ago, at least when they went to family court the first time, to the time uh, Jennifer disappeared in May, they had filed, both of them, the couple, had filed 300 motions in their divorce and child custody cases before she disappeared. 300 motions. You can imagine that a lot of that has to do with the a-hole lawyers who are on both sides of this who are trying to simply make money by dragging this thing out. But they're also suggesting that some of this may be from abusers who want to do this, who drag their ex-partner into court over and over and over again for a number of reasons. One of them is simple harassment. They just want to be a, a burr in their side. Yep. The second one, the weird part, just to be near them. Oh yeah. Like if you have totally a restraining order against somebody, the only way you're going to see them is when they're in court. Or just to suck their finances. You've got to show up in court. You've got to pay your lawyers even more so you're going to just cause financial hardship and stress while you're doing these ridiculous motions. God, I never thought of that. Just to be Sick. near them. Yeah. I mean, manipulative. I mean, if this guy was capable of murdering his wife, you know he was capable of making her life a living hell just by dragging her into court every other week. Kevin, or excuse me, Karen Yarmock is a CEO of the Connecticut Coalition Against Domestic Violence. And she said that Jennifer Dulos's concerns did not seem to be viewed as a red flag in the court by the judge. I wonder if that has something to do with the fact that they were... It's, it's it has a something well to, off. I think it has something couple. to do with the fact that how common it is that women write that in their affidavits. I'm scared of my ex-husband. I'm fearful he's going to try and harm me. I wonder if that's just a Tuesday like that, that. That's just what goes on in the most most of these court cases, either because the women are fearful or because the they want the them, guy to suffer. Right. Or the lawyer says this is what you have to put in the affidavit to get custody of the children. In terms of the, the amount of domestic abuse, um, the numbers. Nearly half of the women murdered in the prior decade, this was a 2018 investigation, nearly half the women murdered in the prior decade were killed by contemporaneous or former intimate partners. It's not, it's not a, that's not a strange thing because that's who you're around most of the time. But the numbers are not static. They're actually going up. There was a 19% increase in homicides by intimate partners from 2014 to 2017 alone. There's another book called um, No Visible Bruises, a domestic violence expert, painted a more disturbing picture here because you boil it down and take some of the actual numbers out of it. 50 women a month, according to Rachel Louise Snyder, 50 women a month are shot and killed by intimate partners in the United States. 50. 80% of hostage situations that we talk about involve an intimate partner And domestic violence is the third leading cause of homelessness nationwide. So, don't like it. All right, coming up next, we have more royal drama to tell you about. About Harry and Meghan's exit. 
from the royal family. Don't you mean Mexit? No. Yes. Uh, I didn't think this was going to be a giant deal when we first talked about it a few days ago. Yeah. This is blowing up in England. They do not like what has happened. Uh, Harry and Meghan deciding to leave to go to Canada. We'll talk about that when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. This reminds me, this is one of the best movies of the year. Rocketman, Taron Edgerton. I don't know if I've seen that. You, uh, I, would, I would know. You would absolutely know. It was the scene of him in the orange outfit walking down the hallway to open the the, did, the beginning yeah. of the movie. Did it, not see it. Okay, you got it. That's you'd love it. United States promising to take appropriate action in response to its assessment that it was an Iranian missile that was responsible for downing that Ukrainian jetliner that crashed. Iran denies that it's one of its missiles that hit it, killing 176 people aboard. Um, at uh, Swamp Watch, when we get into Swamp Watch at 1230, we'll also talk about how Nancy Pelosi says that next week is likely when she will turn over those articles of impeachment to the Senate. Uh, I think she has been feeling some of the pressure. Senate Democrats, at least some of them, had come out and said, hey, if this is so urgent, let's let's do this. Let's, uh, let's not wait around anymore. A new poll by the Associated Press finds Americans have an upbeat view of the year to come in their own lives. But when it comes to the country and how it will fare, uh, not so good. It found that one in 10 Americans expect a downturn in their own lives in 2020. But about four in 10 say the way things have been going nationwide will get worse in the year ahead. On Twitter today is a hashtag I am non-binary has been trending. So don't use gendered language. Please do not use gendered language to to address everyone. But Nick called this a he him Friday on the show. Is he just trying to be contrarian? Is he just trying to be mean to people who are non-binary? Um, no. Or is just he's just. I don't think Nick would ever try to be mean to anybody. He's just carving out one section of the pronoun world and celebrating thought, that. I just thought that, yeah, we were supposed to announce or identify it, right, before we speak, which is why I said You know, that. and then I also wondered next what, time, what Nick, the show, how the show as a whole. Identified. Before you crack the mic, make sure that you announce your pronouns up front. Sorry, Nick, he, him. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was just curious how the show identifies. I would say I would say binary binary. That's how the show identifies. Prince Harry was in a four way conference call with his father, his brother and the grandmother Mm. as they tried to figure out a way. The grandmother, the queen, (laughs) as they tried to figure out a way for him and his wife, Megan, to get the hell out of that monarchy. Uh, I've. Not spent a lot of brain cells thinking about this, but you do you think he married her knowing that he wanted to get out? Yes, I think that he never really was all in with it and uh, he didn't need to be. 
Right. He's not. I mean, a lot of weird stuff has to happen if he's going to wear the crown. And I don't think that she appreciated all the negative attention that she got. I don't think they envisioned everyone coming down on them the way that they did. I wonder if that was part of it. Like the relationship starts. They start getting flack from brothers and royal watchers and people who say things like. And then they realize, hey, my love for her, my love for him is more important than. Pleasing my grandmother. Right. Uh, Behind closed doors, Charles, Prince William have ordered their teams to kind of work out a workable solution to the future roles. But again, at this point, all Harry has to do and Meghan is say, I don't want to be part of this. He drops that hand grenade. Everyone else has to figure out how to pick up the pieces and what it's going to look like. He doesn't have to carve out. He doesn't have to say, well, these are what I would like my royal duties to be. I'll go to all the events. I'll be a representative internationally for the royal family. He doesn't have to do any of that. He has to say something like, we're going to move to a cabin outside of Ottawa. Here's my number if you need me. Right. Um, I wonder what kind of life they're going to lead, though, because they are uh, connected and she is an actress. And I wonder if they're going to live a high profile life. In Canada. Or splitting well, you, time between Canada and L.A. I think it would be really hard for them to disappear. Yeah. But. I actually don't care at all. <laughs> I'm kind of actually done talking about it. I know, but it's interesting that that, you, that people are losing their minds over this young couple, you know, new young parents, that they want to be left the hell alone. We had Iran happening. We're yeah. on the brink of a World War Three, sure. possibly. We had uh, the jet that crashed. We had impeachment articles delivered. And the trending story yesterday was Madame Tussaud's wax museum <laughs> and what its plans out. were for the Harry and Meghan wax figures. Right. Like, that's the thing that people were clicking the most on. Not even a playoff preview. Which I could understand. But the wax, <laughs> what's going to happen to Harry and Meghan's wax we are, figures? We are dumb we animals. We are the dumbest people. We are dumb animals. And we don't like stress. And this is something that, that means nothing to know. Out of 7.7 billion people in the world, there are about four who are intimately connected to that story whose lives will be impacted by it. And... We are not in that group. We are not in that circle. But people love to watch that stuff for some reason. I don't get it. I don't get it. I heard that she wants to play herself in one of the upcoming seasons of The Crown. That's why she wants to do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, brother. <laughs> I only I only pay attention to the royals when I get to talk to Liz. Because right. in her, I see a kindred spirit. But other than that. It's you like, think you're going to live to 92? I hope not. But if you do, you'll be sucking down gin and tonics like she does. Right. Excellent. If you're going to live that long, be like Liz, because look at how great she is doing. She's doing fine. She was out shooting today. I bet she was. <laughs> it should blow off some steam there, huh? Um, and what were uh, what were the faces on the targets? No, no, no. She wasn't no, shooting no, targets. Okay. Um, when we come back, the weirdest buddy movie uh Scripts are being written about Eric Garcetti. 
He's a Oxford Rhodes Scholar. And Donald Trump. He's a billionaire real estate magnate. And their secret deal. Hmm. We'll talk about that next on Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM640, live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. Hey, coming up in the one o'clock hour, new dating trends for 2020. Ghosting is so 2017. Ew. Duh, why are we even talking about ghosting? We've got a new one called flea bagging based off the show. <laughs> okay. It's like when you pick somebody that you absolutely shouldn't pick, like a priest. <laughs> we'll talk about that coming up in the one o'clock hour. It's such a great show. That's a great show. My husband wanted to see it, and so I got excited to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Watched a couple episodes, and he's just kind of, eh. Really? Yeah. Uh, get him through that first season. I know. The second season is really the payoff. That's uh, Nancy Pelosi says it looks like next week is when she will be uh, taking the articles of impeachment over to the Senate for the trial. We'll see exactly what that means in terms of the timing of a trial. And that is that it does have an impact on the Democratic race for the nomination because so many of the candidates still are members of the Senate. They're going to be busy with the Senate trial. They're going to have to come off of the campaign trail in a place like Iowa. And remember, the Iowa caucuses are February 3rd. So uh, those are just around the corner and could have a huge impact, especially for someone like Amy Klobuchar, who's farther down in the polls, Cory Booker, who's farther down in the polls. If they don't make a showing in Iowa, they are done. Well, despite the differences of opinion between Eric Garcetti and Donald Trump, it looks like senior Trump administration officials have been working with Garcetti and other people in L.A. County and making significant progress toward a potential deal that would provide federal funds to help the homelessness issue. Uh, Do you think either camp wanted this story out? Do you think the Trump administration wanted news out that they're getting kind of cozy with Eric Garcetti or that Eric Garcetti wanted news that he was getting cozy with Donald Trump? I don't think the president knows about this. That's an interesting thought, too, because I know that Ben Carson has really been his point man when it comes to dealing with the issues of homelessness in California. Right. Ben Carson was here in September. He toured Skid Row. He toured Jordan Downs. Um, he's the one who actually spoke by phone, I guess, with Eric Garcetti on Wednesday and Catherine Barger as well, uh, the uh, county supervisor. And yesterday, Eric Garcetti sent a formal letter to Ben Carson and to the president, but I guess it was probably more to uh, to Ben Carson saying, I appreciate the federal resources that Secretary Carson offered yesterday, referencing the request for money and even for federal land as well. So. They, when Eric Garcetti talked with Ben Carson on Wednesday, they talked about negotiations for federal funds and land. And Andy Bales, Reverend Andy Bales from Union Rescue Mission, did say that Trump, the Trump administration, was going to offer federal land that could be used to build emergency shelters for people here in uh, in the Los Angeles area. 
Didn't Andy Bales like lose his foot or mm-hmm. something to yeah. an infection? Part of his leg that he infection. got on Skid Row. Yeah, you you'll never meet a nicer guy than Andy Bales, by the way. And clearly in it, I mean, clearly willing to literally sacrifice life and limb to to change something about what's going on with our homelessness culture. And he is so involved with everybody. Everybody on Skid Row knows him. Yeah, and I I feel like there's you know. A machine that's out there. We've talked about this before in terms of the number of of groups that are trying to help out and the people who are building $700,000 condos in order to get homeless people off. The, somewhere someone's losing money. Um, and I feel if you chose someone like the Reverend Andy Bales to be in charge of this, whether it was a homelessness czar for the city, the county, yeah. or even the state, which is what uh, the governor has been talking about, that you'd have somebody who at least has a better idea of what's going on. Uh, you wouldn't find anybody with a better idea than 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 the Reverend Bales. They said the deal offers a potential risk and reward for both Trump and Garcetti. Now, I don't know about that. I know that the president has used homelessness to uh, throw shade on big cities that are opposed to him politically. But what if he was able to swoop in and make some real change? Then he could say... The Democrats couldn't do it. They pretend to care about the homeless. But it was me that came in with federal funding and uh, more shelters. And I'm the one who fixed the problem because, you know, the Eric Garcetti's of California have been screwing it up for so long. I just don't think he'd ever get credit for something like that. And definitely not He'd in a take place it, like though. he would take it. Yes. But but no one in California would give him the credit for it. For some reason, they would then, you know, they would laud uh, Governor Newsom and, and Mayor Garcetti and say, well, the, if it weren't for those two guys, then the president wouldn't have been able to free up the federal resources to, to make a difference here. Uh, to your point, the president just on Monday said, if the city or state in question is willing to acknowledge responsibility and politely asks for help from the federal government, we will very seriously consider getting involved in order to make those poorly run Democratic cities great again. It's, I mean, it's a nice dig. And uh, to be honest, kind of works. So it's not like you can say, oh, uh, no, they're doing everything they can. They don't need you. The mayor's office has said that he will be meeting in person with Ben Carson probably uh, two weeks from now when he is in Washington for the U.S. Conference of Mayors winter meeting. Uh, I, I don't know if this has any bearing on or makes any difference the fact that Eric Arcetti finally came out and endorsed Joe Biden and said that he's going to be like the national co-chair for the campaign or something like that. I don't, I'm hoping that doesn't have anything. I'm, I'm hoping that doesn't have any impact on this, that they can actually come together and make some sort of a difference here, because federal money would be a huge deal. It would be um, pretty significant. But it doesn't guarantee that we get people off the streets and into the treatment that they need. We love a lost hiker story. I mean, when they come out alive, because we like to hear how they've survived because we all go hiking and we all have that thought. Right. Maybe you take thought. Maybe you take a wrong turn. Maybe you veer off the trail. Suddenly you're out there and you've got to live off the land. So these are stories. It's like true crime stories. How would I get away from that guy? How would I survive on that hike for four days? Yeah, and in, in some of the hiker stories we've done, it's uh, true life or death situations. This guy, maybe not life or death, but still had a good story about how he got out alive. We'll do that when we come back. Oh, and a thousand bucks will tell you how Ooh. you can win it. Woo-hoo. Gary and Shannon. I've got a song, I ain't got no melody. 
trying to be special that's not everyone's got to have a thing no 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 blake's an introvert and i have no thyroid (laughs) (laughs) okay uh gary shannon kfi am 640 (laughs) what's your special live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app i have an eye that doesn't work that's true i mean it works like i can see you yeah yeah don't you have a lazy eye? No, I don't have a lazy eye. I got my left eye fixed. Thank you, Dr. Musa with the Excel Laser Vision Center. Um, but my right eye was a, was a no-go. Like, it wasn't uh, it's just something. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Why do you care about my ophthalmological health? Because well, it makes what do you, you mean s- no-go? It would have made no difference had they uh, lasik that ah, eye. Gotcha. Um, so... That's what that means. Uh, big stories we're following, of course, the debris of the 737 that fell out of the sky near Tehran, probably shot down by an Iranian missile, has been bulldozed clean. Iran saying that they were, oh, you know, going to let everybody check it out, and then they bulldozed it. Uh, Nancy Pelosi says the House will take steps next week to send articles of impeachment. And um, the Navy says that one of our warships, uh, an Arleigh Burke-class destroyer, was Aggressively approached by a Russian ship in the North Arabian Sea. Aggressively approached. Aggressively approached, uh, which it's 2020. We're not supposed to be doing that anymore. Hey, but, we got a thousand bucks to give away. Here's how we. For your it. chance at a thousand bucks, text the nationwide keyword "change" C H A N G E to 200 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's change to 200 200. <laughs> and remember, you got to answer the phone. If you don't pick up, they will move on, and so will your money hot tip it looks like the area code on that number will be 513 your next chance to win it's next hour about 20 after the hour and every weekday monday through friday 5 a.m to 6 20 right here on kfi one of the things we like to do on a regular basis and somehow we have to fit it into our log line is to try to bring you stories that sort of encapsulate life lessons for all of us mm-hmm. i i lived a, a life lesson that Nicholas Stacy Alcantara is bringing us today. Yeah, he's not a listener because if he was, and he's in Fresno, so that's close enough to be a listener. But if he was a listener, he would know what happens when you cross state lines to see a girlfriend. Yeah, ex, ex-girlfriend. That's what adds an even spicier taste to this story. Is that your stomach again? Yeah. You don't need to starve yourself. I have medical issues. <laughs> and I'm going to use that as an excuse for like three months. For like three months, yes. All right, uh, Nicholas. <laughs> Nicholas Stacy Alcantara is a kid from Fresno who goes to visit. Oh, stop it! He goes to visit Utah to see an ex-girlfriend. Mm, don't do it, Nick. That was a bad idea. He decided to go for a hike, maybe clear his head, figure out how to put the pieces back together, get if, the girl. If I could do something really outrageous, she'll fall back in love with me. He took an Uber up a canyon east of Salt Lake City. That's not the crazy part. Brought along six peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Not the crazy part. 40 ounces of water. Also not crazy. Planned to be out all day and make it back in time for dinner. Uh-huh. But late that afternoon... 
the snow began to fall. The temperature began to drop. Conveniently, his cell phone did not have service along his planned route from Mill Creek Canyon over to Park City. Guys, do not rely on your cell phone when you're going hiking because there are a lot of times it's not going to work. Eventually, with his feet starting to freeze, he found a spot under a tree with some protection from the elements and actually built a a little snow cave, uh, kind of a snow lean-to to to keep the wind at bay. He set a timer on his phone to go off every 30 minutes so he would not fall asleep. And he says he tapped his hands against his chest to keep the blood flowing. Um... His ex-girlfriend and her mother called police when he didn't arrive for dinner. Now, let me ask you this. <laughs> this whole... This yes. weird. Go on. It's all weird. Right. I'm almost calling baloney on this story. Right. Because say you go visit your ex-girlfriend in Utah and you're like, hey, um, I'll be over for dinner at seven and you don't show up. They're not going to call the police. They're going to think that you just flaked out on dinner. But... Listen, we'd have to get Nicholas on the phone to answer this question, but was he staying with them? He may have been, and he may have told them he was going out for a hike. So if you don't hear from me in uh, six to eight hours. <clears throat> Although you never say that, like when you're going for a hike, do you? He says. Why do you take an Uber, too? Like, why didn't they drive him? This is all very odd. And why six peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? How often are you going to put down six peanut butter and oh, jelly? Those will hold you. Those are great. What are yeah, you talking about? You're I mean, not going to eat six of them why in not? six hours. I think he thought he was going to be out there for longer. I think he did this on purpose because he needed attention from the ex-girlfriend. And this was his plan. Uh, hold on. Before we we're, – we're invoking the Denise Huskins rule and just saying we're speculating here, just to be clear. This speculation seems right on, though. He did find something in his backpack, a beaded bracelet that his ex-girlfriend had given him early in the relationship. Uh It reminded him of everyone who cared about him. It was the bracelet Uh from the girl that saved his life. Oh, my gosh. She made me a friendship bracelet. It was the only thing that showed me hope after hour and hour of cold weather. Now they're back together. No, no. Going to get married and they're going to have a GoFundMe page to raise money for the wedding. After the sun came up, he left the protection of a snow cave along with his wet clothing and boots that were too frozen to tie. Why were they untied? Eventually, he found other hikers who had a satellite phone about six miles away away from uh, where he had been dropped off. They found tracks that indicated he'd been moving through the uh, waist-deep snow. And search and rescue officials said he was lucky to survive the night. He says he's still numb and in pain, treated for frostbite on his feet. Probably won't need any amputation, but he's looking to be released from the hospital and finish his senior year in high school. Mm-hmm. Baloney. Mm-hmm. Grade A did, baloney. Did um, did Jennifer see my story? Did she see me in the hospital? Did did, she, did you tell her about the bracelet? Did you tell her the part? Did you about tell the her bracelet? The, the bracelet. The bracelet she gave me was the only thing that gave me hope. Six peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. She'll love me again. If you were going on a hike, yep. how many would you bring? Maybe two? Uh, I would try. <laughs> okay. Blake, you're going for a six-hour hike. How many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches do you bring? Just six-hour hike? Yeah. Um, if that's all I'm taking, if that's the only snack I'm only taking. Only snack. Uh-huh. Only snack I'm taking. Uh, familiar, unfamiliar. Maybe I'll go three, pack an extra one just in case. Nicholas, right. you hike all the mountains. What would you do? Ten. 
Ten. Ten. <laughs> yeah. Twice feet get sore. There's a lot of weight. Hey, wow. Sandwiches. That was Blake really just got rude, into the Blake. fat shaming. I was talking game. about the sandwiches. Shame okay. my weight, man. Yeah, I didn't know he was... I have to eat ten more to bury my feelings. Amy, how many PB and J's on that hike? I would do four, so I had an extra, and then I also had another extra in case I, you know, met a friend on the trail. <laughs> wow. Okay. Or maybe a raccoon or something. Or know. a unicorn. Or a unicorn. Um, I'd say three. I think no, three is a good three number. Is a good for number. That. Just one, in case. One every two hours. Right. Yeah. But I'd also bring protein bars. What are you guys drinking on the trail? Just water. Water. Really? No Gatorade? No. Ooh. Smart I'll, I'll do a Gatorade. Yeah. No, you gotta re- listen, you got to replenish your electrolytes. I'll do a You're couple Arctic Blast. Our glacier Freeze is Glacier good. Freeze, hey, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Arctic those... Blast. <laughs> that's what I thought. What is that? <laughs> that's nothing. It's Glacier Freeze. <laughs> and I forgot what the name I'll of it was. I'll take the purple ones once Shannon brings them to me. You know, okay, let's go to break. Finally. <laughs> God. <laughs> a good, our first real Florida story of the year when we come back to Gary and Shannon. <laughs> Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. It's Friday. It's January 10th. Friday means we got nine news nuggets you need to know coming up in the uh, 1 o'clock hour. Cool stories that didn't get talked about because we were doing other things like, oh, I don't know, the brink of World War III. Um, that turned out to not be. Right. Probably not going to be a big deal, thankfully. Although uh, we are, when I say we, the United States, promising to take appropriate action in response to the fact that it looks like that Iranian missile was responsible for taking that Ukrainian jetliner out of the sky and killing 176 people. Iran is denying it. Some of that may be the new sanctions that we put on today. Secretary of State, the Secretary of the Treasury came out, said that new sanctions will target eight senior Iranian officials involved in the destabilizing activities in the Middle East. Uh, Steve Mnuchin said the president will issue an executive order imposing sanctions on anyone involved in the textile, construction, manufacturing, or mining sectors in Iran as well. Well, we've got an ex-beauty pageant winner who is in trouble and is, in fact, headed to prison. Her name's Karen Turk, and she is a former Mrs. Florida. Yes, Mrs. Florida. I heard Matt and Petros yesterday Mm -hmm. talking about... Mrs. The Mrs. Pageant. I have no idea why. It was right after the segment they do called Only Kate's Cares. And it was Matt doing a deep dive on the Mrs. Pageant that existed long ago. Before the Miss America, Miss USA, the look at me in my bikini type pageants. The Mrs. Pageant featured your wife's cooking, her sewing. Things like that. That seems even more old-fashioned right? than the Miss America. And Matt did like eight minutes on it. And I have no <laughs> idea why or how that fits into their show. Or how he knows about it. Uh, but that's what happened down the hall. Well, Karen Turk, 47 years old, sentenced yesterday to five months house arrest uh, when she gets out of prison because she's going to spend a month in jail. 
Uh, she was accused of stealing her mother's social security checks rather than using the money to pay for mom's nursing home care. Oh, no. Well, what did she need the money for? Well, it's funny you might ask that. She uh, was using money to hobnob in the community. Hobnob? That's, I sound like Ken. Hobnob? Um, she was using money, uh, I guess, on shopping sprees, dinners. She paid a nanny to watch her kids rather than covering the $219,000 in nursing home bills for mom. Uh, mom, mom has Alzheimer's, by the way. And dementia. Two scoops. Had. Oh. Yeah. June. Sorry. Well, it's funny because in one part of the story it says she died in June. The other one said she died in July. Well, we all have dreams. And Karen's dream, why she was hobnobbing, spending all this money, pretending she was a big roller, is because her dream was to be on the Real Housewives of Palm Beach. Now, every time I sit down to watch The Real Housewives, you know a thought that I don't have? I want to be a part of that. Damn, I want to make out with Tamara, too. <laughs> no. No, it's entertainment. It, it bothers me <laughs> that I know way too much about this these shows because my wife watches them religiously. I shouldn't say religiously. She gets as much, uh, can you believe these bees, as I do of watching it. Right. Um, but you don't watch it because you want to emulate them. You no. watch it for entertainment. I watch it because there's a part of me that's fascinated that these women exist in a world in the same world that I do. Well, I mean, the same the, physical space that I encapsulate. Here's the they thing. Are here. They always come in normal. Like the first season, normal women just like getting together and drinking too much wine. Like right. it would happen to any of us. Right. But then the producers get hold of them. And they build them up to be the think that they're these stars, you know, and then and then you get the ego and then you get the crazy behavior because you think you're larger than life. And it's all producer driven. I, Producers I to, are evil, evil little people. I have to imagine also that after you get what I don't know how long their season is, 10, 20 episodes. Yeah. I don't know how long it is. But after you do your whole thing and then you start watching back what you didn't get to see behind the scenes, like your conversation with so-and-so, and and then she goes in the confessional and starts blasting you and calling you names, et cetera, then that's going to change your attitude as well. And you're just going to turn into Queen B at that point. I don't... You know, it's like why Nick has us go to News and Brews. He's like, you know... Rubbing his hands together, and he's like, oh, they'll have a couple pops, and then they'll make better radio because they'll be stupid, not, and they'll, no, and they'll look not, stupid. No, it's not stupid. Uh, I, I I strive to bring out the best in both of you. Wow. That's what Did I do. Did you believe one Man, millisecond that really of that? bad. Nick, if you're going to lie. Really that was not a lie. You should try better. That is also a lie. All right. Um, you, I don't know if you've ever seen the website badannouncers.com or bad, badannouncing.com. Oh, I haven't. I think I would enjoy that. It's really funny. There's a new one. A high school basketball <laughs> announcer goes viral after he tells a story about a recent death. Why in the basketball? It doesn't matter. We'll play the thing for you. You'll be, in, uh, you'll be in entertained. Are you not entertained? Gary and Shannon will continue in a moment.
Shannon. KFI AM640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. One of the last uh, gas fantasy four plays coming up for this season. Uh, we got four games this weekend, the divisional playoffs. This is going to be exciting, and I hope it's as exciting as last week's wildcard weekend. I don't listen pretty... to Delta Dawn enough in my life. No, you don't. I would imagine that's probably many people are saying that right now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we'll do Gas Fantasy foreplay coming up at about twelve twenty. Of course, Swamp Watch is going to be busy. We have uh, we have some candidates in town. As a matter of fact, Joe Biden. I think Pete Buttigieg is in town as well. Chris and Carlos following at least one of them. We'll talk with him, and we'll also talk about what's going on with the movement to get some sort of impeachment articles from Nancy Pelosi's hands over to the Senate next week. Hmm. Well, we've done this before. Tanya Tucker. Talk about talked about. Bad sports announcing and great Helen sports Reddy. announcing. Oh, it's what? Didn't Tanya Tucker Reddy. do it again? I think I think you're right. I think Tanya Tucker she also redid did it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, high school basketball game went viral, not for any reason that you would imagine. That like an amazing full court shot to win the game or anything. Listen, like that. there are some awkward exchanges sometimes between announcers. I remember one such exchange between. Matt and Daniel on the Chargers broadcast when Matt brought up something and uh, maybe it was a tackle count or something. And, oh, he only needs eight tackles. And DJ says to Matt, well, we didn't all go to Pepperdine, Matt. Like Matt was doing complicated (laughs) algorithms or something. It was hilarious. (laughs) They actually never have awkward exchanges, but you can hear it sometimes. You know, yeah. when in announcers, when they don't get along or it's just kind of a weird exchange. It sticks and out. And that's what this was. Well, this was from November 30th, a play-by-play of a Minnesota high school basketball game. Uh, Lee Burnick and George Nussbaum on the call. Well, and then there's one Maybe more, the, go- there's yes, one more yes. gone but not forgotten. And that's uh, our sweet days or our sweet Lucy. Uh, Hold on a second. Time out. Time out again. Wait, what are they? What is the context here? uh, They're talking about. They're talking about um, gone but not forgotten, and I don't know if they're talking about other sports heroes that are gone but not forgotten. It's a high school basketball game, right? That's the weirdest. The Oscars. This is an in memoriam. But also catch this. Well, and then Um, there's one more. There's one more gone but not forgotten, and that's. Uh, our sweet days, or our sweet Lucy. You don't even know the name of your damn dog. <laughs> well, it, it's not even clear that it's a dog. No, it could not be yet. a child. Not yet, yes. Uh, our sweet days, or our sweet Lucy. Daisy. Uh, <laughs> at the age of 12, she was run over oh, yes. in our driveway. Oh! oh! <laughs> and I love that they're working on two totally, totally different, different planes. Yeah, just, yeah. One guy's still clearly paying attention to the game, which is why he's there. <laughs> oh, and the, the other guy's on the verge of tears talking about his dog Daisy. Or I mean Lucy. At the age of 12, she was run over oh, yes. in our driveway. Oh, oh! Like that? Was she run over like that? As Tyree oh. hammers it down, there's a timeout on the floor as Lakers spurt out wait, to a 4-0. Wait, I didn't two know. turnover, two dunk start to the second half. And the rest of it that the other guy said was she run over like that at the age of 12 she was run over oh yes in our driveway <laughs> oh, oh like that was she run over like that as tyree hammers it down <laughs> that is so good 
That Start is to the so second good. half, and wow. the Lakers are on fire. Up 16, 17, 20 to go. They are on fire. Oh, the Lakers. And yes, our hearts and minds are with your sweet Lucy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> dog heaven. Yeah. Oh, do you want to know what happened to her? Yeah, Sabrina ran her over. <laughs> oh, my Who's God. Who's Sabrina? Is that his wife? What the hell? This his just gets wife better. Ran her over? Or is it the daughter that goes to the school or oh. what? Can I please? You know, when you put it on Twitter, I thought you were going a little far. When you when you had the live action video, I knew you went too far. It was a very, very sad day. But, well, hey, right. we're over it now. We're, we're over it now. So back Clearly to best dress. Yes. And then we got to get back to the game. Our fans want more from us. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what they want is more from you guys. Yes, I know I interrupt from time to time. But I'd like to pat us on the back for not talking on each other all the time. <laughs> Those guys are all over the top of each other. So the the context at the very beginning was they were they were talking about a very tragic story. One of the players on the court, I don't know if it was their team or the visiting team, one of the players had recently lost his mother. So then they said, the, well, I also want to talk about the loss. God, <laughs> that is so terrible. Oh, my daughter. Amy, Can if you, you if hold on a second. If you lose a dog and you don't know the dog's name, you don't get to announce it on the radio. Okay. You could still be sad. That's well, fine. Please play me the whole thing uninterrupted. Uninterrupted. Right before we go to the break. Death announcement. Well, and then there's Maybe one more, the, gone. Yes, there's one more yes. gone but not forgotten. And that's uh, our sweet days, or our sweet Lucy. Uh, <laughs> at the age of 12, she was run over oh, yes. in our driveway. Oh, oh like that? Was she run over like that? As Tyree hammers it down, there's a timeout on the floor as Lakers spurt out to a 4-0. Two turnover, two dunk. Start to the second half, and the Lakers are on fire. Up 16, 17, 20 to go. They are on fire. And, yes, our hearts and minds are with your sweet Lucy. Yes. And dog heaven. Oh, do you want to know what happened to her? Yeah, Sabrina ran her over. (laughs) You know... When you put it on Twitter, I thought you were going a little far. When you when you had the live action video, I knew you went too far. It was a very very sad day. But well, he, hey, right. we're over it now. We're, we're over, over it now. So back Clearly to best dress. Yes. And then we got to get back to the game. Our fans want more from us. Uh, Our fans yeah. want more. Is Sabrina his wife? Uh, I'm doing a deep dive during the news. Know. I'm going to get all the answers for you when we we'll come do back. Okay, and is Daisy still alive? No, Daisy's dead. Wait, I thought it was Lucy that died. Or. Lucy. Because he started. Uh, right. So is Daisy still running sweet, around? I don't know. Uh, what's up our with sweet Daisy. Daisy or our sweet Lucy. Yeah, Daisy might still be alive <laughs> and stuck with that family. Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. Got on board a westbound seven forty-seven. All right, couple things. Lee Burnick is the name of the guy who did that high school basketball game. And talked about his dead dog that was run over in the driveway by Sabrina. Now, Lee Burnick is a real estate agent with his wife, Julie, there in Minnesota. Uh, so, so it wasn't Julie that ran over no, Daisy it was or Lucy. Sabrina. Sabrina. So I'm assuming maybe Sabrina is the high school daughter that's playing oh my in the game. God. Well, the, no, because neither of those guys have kids that go to the school anymore. Oh. That's why they're doing it. They're doing it like they're just streaming these games as fun, wacky dads, former I dads. I see. But it may have, maybe she's a college age kid. Yeah. That's horrible to think that you. If your daughter ran over your no, dog. No, no, we're not, we're not mind gaming that. You That's, would not nope. publicize it. Did you get run over like that? <laughs> the, the other thing, 
is uh, Delta Dawn, by the way. I said Tanya Tucker. Tanya Tucker had it as a top 10 country hit in 1972. And then Helen Reddy did it in 73. Oh. And it hit number one in 73. I would have I missed that on Final Jeopardy, that's for sure. Yeah. My favorite little, little Daisy. I mean, little Lucy. Still has me... Uh, Still has me in tears. All right, Gas Fantasy foreplay when we come up a little bit later. But, hey, what else is going on? Time for What's Happening. Well, Nancy Pelosi said in a letter to her Democratic counterparts on Capitol Hill that she will consult with them Tuesday as she announced steps to send those articles of impeachment to the Senate. How anticlimactic is this? Well, and we know it won't be early in the week because it will be Tuesday, she said, that uh, at the House Democratic Caucus meeting on how they proceed further. They still have to go through the Judiciary Committee because Jerry Nadler, as the chairman, has to bring a resolution that would appoint managers for the Democratic Party and then officially transmit the articles of impeachment to the Senate. So at the very earliest, it looks like they would finally get the trial could start, I guess, late next week. Although I would imagine Mitch McConnell would make sure that they have a full week to get this thing done and probably not until the week after that. Do they start anything? Stocks reversed from record highs today as investors took in the weaker than expected jobs data. It has been an up and down week with all that's been going on with Iran The Dow traded 69 points lower earlier in the day. It looks like it broke above 29,000 for the first time ever. Still, uh, it's back down below it. Like you said, it's pulled back a little bit at 28,843, but still pretty amazing, especially when you consider unemployment numbers came out today. Still at 3.5%, but we added somewhere around 150,000 more jobs in the month of December. Oh, man, I keep forgetting I got to write this letter to Marianne Williamson, one of my fantasy political campaign players you have medical issues i do do. um uh yes marianne williamson who i think for some reason embodies the 1973 flashback friday music that we're playing i think she embodies a soap opera character circa 1992 oh i'd go farther back was she no oh no i don't think she's ever been an an actor oh no okay um, but Marianne Williamson, a couple days ago, fired her entire campaign staff with, uh, you know, that's how many people were there? Three. Well, three no. and a little person. The way it's described by ABC is it was a mass layoff of her national campaign staff. So I that to me means a lot of people. The center of her campaign, love and peace. How'd that work out? That's nice. But it's also not going to work out. Everybody knows that. A uh, couple up in Visalia accused of planting bicycles in front of their home to lure thieves and then beat them with aluminum bats. For some some reason, they got in trouble. Corey Cornut and Um, Savannah Grillot. No, that's not a name. Corey Cornut. Or Cornut. No, Cornuts. Yeah. Uh, Cornuts. (laughs) Corey and Savannah had been victims of car break-ins themselves, and that's when they decided to do this uh, quick bait-and-switch program. They left these bikes unattended in front of their home. In a video that they recorded, one man takes a bike from in front of the home, and then another man, believed to be Mr. Cornut, comes out of the home without a shirt, carrying a bat and chasing the thief. Um, They're running down the street. They're yelling. They get in a fight in the middle of the night, which obviously would wake up neighbors. They got in trouble. Vermont is in the news because there was a 
potential bill making the headlines today. State Senator has introduced legislation that would make it illegal for anyone under the age of 21 to use or possess a cell phone. Senator John Rogers, Democrat, says cell phones have been linked to the loss of life among teenagers from distracted driving to cyberbullying that results in suicides. The bill text says the Internet and social media accessed primarily through cell phones are used to radicalize and recruit terrorists, fascists and other extremists. Cell phones have been used by mass shooters for research on previous shootings. Oh, just cell phones? It would be a misdemeanor that's punishable by a max of a year behind bars and a $1,000 fine. Good luck with that, sir. Well, he admits he doesn't expect this thing to become law. He says he introduced it to make a point. Again, if you're doing these things, if you're doing non-binding resolutions, looking at you, Nancy, uh, stop it. That's not why you got elected. It's not why we as voters put you in your place. We put you there because we had some expectation that you would do something to benefit your district, your state, your county, your city. Not so you could make a bunch of non-binding resolutions to puff your chest and make you feel good. Preach, brother. Get it. Get it. Get it. All right. Oh, talk- uh, don't forget, today also trending, I uh, the hashtag, I am non-binary. I just wanted to remind everybody. That okay. We have to be careful when we're using our gendered language today. And uh, not once have you said, and I think this is becoming, uh, I think you should be more conscious of it. When you speak, you should announce what your pronouns are. She, her, her, she, her, she, she, her, hers, she, her, hers. Okay. Is that right? That's fine. I just wanted to establish that. And you can fully, you could change them at any time. You could change them in the middle of your, whatever you're saying. I could, I could do like a she, him, his, hers. Everybody can be anything. Why do I have to put a label on it? Can I just be myself? You could just say, I prefer that you, uh, what is it called? You don't prefer pronouns. You prefer to be called, referred to by your name. Yes. But that's weird because that's then I would crazy. say. How about I, it? I wouldn't even say you. I would say Shannon. Exactly. It's weird that when we're born, we're given names for this very reason. So odd. Hmm. We'll talk football when we come back. <laughs> and a thousand bucks. We'll tell you how you can win it. Gary and Shannon, Amy King, she, her, hit, hers. No, no. no. You let Amy do oh, that. Oh, sorry. She is ready to do the news Excellent. now. Excellent. Wait, that's referring to yourself in third person. That's hey, weird, too. That's not the weirdest part of all of this. That's Gary and Shannon, KFI AM six forty live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Big stories at the bottom of the hour when we get into Swamp Watch. We'll be talking about a new wave of sanctions on Iran. We'll also be talking about Nancy Pelosi saying that next week is when she expects to have the articles of impeachment sent over to the Senate so they can get started for a trial. Uh, unemployment rate also uh, still right around what is it three point five percent. National, uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics announced that uh, the economy added 145,000 jobs in December. That's down from November's uh, revised number, but still pretty significant number. Well, at this time tomorrow, 
I'll be tossing around the football and not giving away this $1,000. For your chance at 1000 bucks, text the nationwide keyword COFFEE, C-O-F-F-E-E, to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's COFFEE to 200-200. And remember, you got to pick up the phone. If you don't, your money moves on. Here's the hot tip. The number will likely be coming from a 513 area code. So listen to KFI for that winning keyword every weekday at 20 after, every hour between 5 and 6.20. So tomorrow at this time... I'll be tossing around the old football. Tossing back the old bubbles. Beating some sausage. Jamming some sausage down that mouth. I already have my playoffs playlist that I've been listening to for two days. Is that what you were doing in there earlier today? Yeah, I was adding some stuff to my playoffs playlist. All right. Okay. Everybody likes it. This is the divisional weekend for for the NFL, which of course means... That it is time to play our Gas Fantasy 4-Play Divisional Round. Yes, sir. Uh, Four games this weekend, and the four games that we're going to pick are the only four games on the schedule. Here's a little bit of history for you. 38 years ago today is when it was Joe Montana looking, looking to Dwight Clark for the catch. What? To taste my eye. Oh, you can taste your eye drops. Ah, why is that? That's so gross. Our bodies are stupid. I know. I hate <sighs> them. I remember riding my bicycle up ha- and down the street, yeah. cheering when they won that game. I was a baby, so I don't remember, but mm-hmm. but I've seen it time and time and time seen again. It time and time and time again. All right, our first okay. game. All right. Nick, what's our first game? Minnesota Vikings at San Francisco 49ers. (laughs) All right, Nick, I'm going to let you choose first. We're going to go around that circle that way. Niners. Yes, sir. Blake? Blake, do the right thing. I need all the good vibes. I need all the good energy. Do the right thing. Do the right thing, Blake. I just wanted to see how many times you'd repeat it. Do Um, it! (laughs) No, I'm just going better team on the Niners, I guess. Yes, you? Come on. I know. And me, also the same thing. San Francisco 49ers are going to beat the Vikings. Man, if that doesn't happen. If that doesn't happen, don't talk to me for the next week and a half. <laughs> game number two, Nick. Number two, Tennessee Titans at Baltimore Ravens. Saturday evening's game, Titans at Ravens. Blake. Uh, I'm going to go with the Ravens. You? Lamar. Yeah, Ravens. Okay. Uh, I thought she was Shannon. What? Didn't we go over that? Oh, you're, I think uh, she changed it in the break. Oh, my bad. She just announced it in here, and I apologize for not... Also, but I don't want to take that power away from her to define her own truth. You just said her twice, and I decided halfway through I'm him. Ravens. Nick? Uh, Ravens. Okay. He just changed (laughs) Yeah, I know he did. What's game number three? Uh, Houston Texans at Kansas City Chiefs. Sunday morning. Him gets to go first. Texans at Chiefs. Who him? This Who's, him. Which oh. him? Guys. No, you're him. Oh, me? Yeah. You just said that. Oh. I, you just reached But I changed back. Oh. Gosh. Well, your truth is fluid, so Texans, Chiefs, you choose. Chiefs. Um, I sure hope the Chiefs win this one. I love Patrick Mahomes. I know. I want him to be my spirit animal. Nick. <laughs> Chiefs. Chiefs also. We're all picking the same ones here. There's not going to be an I'll pick the Chiefs on that one, too. Yeah, Somebody will pick cool. the Hawks. I'll, I'll uh, pick it. I'll pick the Chiefs, even though you didn't ask. Game four. Oh. No, it's good. Hi, Blake. It's okay. Okay. 
Uh, game four, Nick. Seattle Seahawks at Green Bay Packers. Okay, I'm picking first on this one. You're going to pick the Hawks, aren't you? I, because I want them to match up in the championship game uh, with the 49ers, so I am picking the Hawks. Either way, it's going to be a great game. I almost said at the stick, uh, at Levi's, whether it's the Packers or the Hawks. That's a good point. Um, Nick, Seahawks Packers. I'm going to do Seahawks. I'm going to lock that in. Blake, Seahawks Packers. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I was going home the whole way. I'll go Packers. Okay, and then Shannon. Uh, I know the Seahawks are going to win, but I'll go Packers. Really? I just I just know it. The frozen uh, tundra. You can follow along and play along as well. Get all four of your picks correct, and you instantly become a winner. And what do those winners get? I don't, I don't think anybody's know. really determined what they get yet, but but Blake has a list of winners. I've told you, you multiple you times, and on the, the air, you get a shirt. We have a bunch winners. of shirts. Oh, yeah. that's right. We do have our shirts. They're very colorful, too. Yeah, that is going to be a cold game. Oh, in Green Bay? Yeah. What's uh, oh, in red? Sunday. Sunday evening. evening. One size. Um, get a large. Okay. 23 degrees. Oh, that's I fine. can feel fine. that. That's or good. small. I can feel it right now. That'll be just fine. I'll mail you a large. Play along as well. We'd love to have you. Uh, it, it, it makes the game more exciting. It, listen, you don't have to even be a football fan. Just pick the four teams that you think are going to win or that somebody told you is going to win. Just do or the that, right thing. Like Blake. Uh, I'm in a like, long sleeve. Like Nick did. Just uh, roll the dice. Okay. I I, yeah. You have I was up between... until one thirty on Saturday to change your mind like Nick. No, 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 no. I was between the two <laughs> and I had circled Anything. Titans well, and then I went yeah. back to Ravens. He said, hey. Was... I didn't have it locked in. He said, <laughs> Right. I uh, so the choice was mine. I don't think that these games are going to be nearly as good as the AFC games were. I mean the, uh, the wild, wild card. card weekend. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh it would be hard for me to see how two weekends would would stack up because those were four. Just they were great. Damn. Absolutely. Two of them were overtime games. I mean that yeah. alone is is pretty amazing. All right, we'll do swamp watch when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We've been following a bunch of stories today. We'll talk more about what's going on with Iran here in just a second. The debris of the Boeing 737 from the crash site, the Ukrainian uh, airliner. Apparently most of the debris has been cleaned up already. Iran brought in some bulldozers in the area. Uh, Boeing's also, as a side note, released more than 100 pages of documents to Congress yesterday detailing some of the internal messages that revealed how when they were certifying the 737 MAX, the company employees talked about how they were deceiving international air safety regulators. In fact, one, one pilot wrote, this airplane is designed by clowns who are in turn supervised by monkeys. So, not good. We'll talk more with uh, ABC's Alex Stone coming up at the top of the hour. Well, it looks like the Trump administration has announced a new wave of sanctions on Iran because of those missile strikes. That is where we start Swamp Watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Inez de la Cutera joins us now from Capitol Hill, where she brings us up to date on the very latest about these sanctions on Iran. Inez, what do you know? 
Well, here you guys. That's right. So Secretary of State uh, Mike Pompeo and Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin detailed new sanctions on Iran this morning at the White House. And this appears to be the route the Trump administration wants to go to de-escalate the situation with Iran. So in terms of what we know about these sanctions, we know they're going to hit Iran's steel and iron industries that both generate billions each year. Uh, they're also going to hit eight Iranian security officials. And then we also had Trump signing a new executive order that authorizes further sanctions against any sector of Iran's economy. So that could be construction, manufacturing, textiles, and mining. This is according to Stephen Mnuchin. And what they're really doing is they're trying to threaten uh, to shut down all of Iran's major industries and to target foreign companies and banks that do business with any of these Iranian uh, sectors. And again, this is the Trump administration trying to de-escalate the conflict here with Iran. Of course, you have lawmakers on on Capitol Hill questioning whether these sanctions will be effective enough since Iran, you know, there's already plenty of sanctions on Iran, and that clearly hasn't deterred them so far. But this seems to be the the way the administration wants to go. Yeah, that was going to be my question. Knowing that sanctions were threatened a few days ago, my question was, who else is left to sanction in Iran? I mean, these they're talking about um, some of them are specifically going after Iranian officials. Are they military officials? I, I'm not sure. They're security officials is what we've been told. Um, it's not to do a deep dive into who these, these security officials really are. But you're right. It, it feels like there are all these sanctions already. And, and it's it's unclear whether new sanctions will actually accomplish anything. I feel like just a, a couple months ago, we after in the wake of the uh, attacks on Saudi oil facilities, there were new sanctions that were imposed. And then we were talking about whether those sanctions would do anything. And, and clearly they, they didn't. Right. Like here we are again two months later. Once again, talking about tensions with Iran and, and, and talking about leveraging new new sanctions. But the administration is insisting that this will really cripple Iran's economy and they want Iran to commit to uh, to, to, to stop funding terrorism and, and to denuclearizing as well. Have we heard a response from Iran on these latest sanctions? Not that I've seen. I, I could have missed it, to be honest. There's been so much going on on, on, on Capitol Hill with the war powers vote and impeachment and, and now uh, there's this uh, imminent threat stuff about the embassies being targeted by Soleimani. Um, so not that I've seen, um, but but we we know that in the past, uh, some of Iran's leaders, including Foreign Minister uh, Zarif, have accused the U.S. of conducting economic war against Tehran. So I, I'm sure we'll get some kind of statement like that as well. Well, here's to uh, hoping that you have a little bit of a slower weekend so you can enjoy the football. <laughs> I hope so. Inez, thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it. And as they like to say, they're on Capitol Hill. Now, along the lines of the the tensions between the United States and Iran, of course, the targeting of General Soleimani in Iraq back uh, well, a week ago now. There was a report in the Washington Post today that that was one of two military exercises that was taking place or uh, military actions that was taking place against Iran. Four U.S. officials have told the Washington Post that there was a second attack against a senior Iranian military official, this time in Yemen, on that same day that General Soleimani was killed, but that it was an unsuccessful mission. That one in Yemen was targeting Abdul Reza Shahlai, a financial backer, a high-ranking member of Iran's Quds Force. Um, But again, it was not successful. A senior U.S. official said, if it was, we definitely would have been bragging about it that same night. 
Uh, also in D.C., Nancy Pelosi said to, she expects to send the articles of impeachment against the president over to the Senate next week. Uh, Democrats would move forward in appointing some impeachment managers that are the ones that would actually sort of act as the prosecutors in this case that make the case that the president committed high crimes and misdemeanors in what is phase two of impeachment, which would weigh whether or not the president should be removed from office. So Pelosi said today that she has asked Jerry Nadler to be prepared to bring to the floor next week a resolution to appoint managers and transmit the articles of impeachment to the Senate. And then that she'll talk with the rest of the House Democratic Caucus sometime on Tuesday at their regular meeting, I guess, to figure it all out. Let's check in with the Democratic frontrunner for 2020, shall we? He and Eric Garcetti are palling around town. Corn Pop was a bad dude. You're damn right he was. Oh, Amy right. King's all right, though. I want a T-shirt that says that. Why doesn't Biden's campaign come out with a joke? Corn Pop was a bad dude T-shirt. You know, I bet it exists. But I want them to make it. I mean, I just want them to capitalize on the fact that the guy's starting to slip a little. You know what I'm saying? Amy hey. King. I'm looking up the Corn Pop is a bad dude T-shirt. Yeah, they're out there. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, there they are. Okay. There's a tank top. Ooh. <laughs> that, no. Money. Get back. I'm Keep your hands off of my Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All about this election year focused by the president on immigration issues. Four people familiar with the deliberations say that that's what they're looking at. At the top of the hour, Alex Stone is going to join us. We're going to be talking about the latest bad news for Boeing about the 737 Maxes, a whole series of messages, internal messages that Boeing turned over to Congress yesterday. Uh, they're not good because it makes it look exactly like you think it is that Boeing has been trying to pull a fast one over the FAA's eyes when it comes to certifying the 737 MAX and the development of the 737 MAX simulator. We end up looking like a monkey f***ing a football out there. I will bad. get to my goodbye letter for Marianne Williamson, who has dropped out of the race. But a man who hasn't dropped out of the race is Joe Biden, who remains Pop was a bad dude. the front runner among the Democrats. And Chris Ancarlo joins us now. He has been tag teaming along with Biden and Garcetti as Biden continues his two-day sweep through Southern California. Two-day sweep and Garcetti rolling out his endorsement, but also Robert Garcia, the president, uh, the president, the mayor of Long Beach, saying that he's endorsing him. Garcia is notable because he had previously backed Kamala Harris. And what we've seen here is a very carefully orchestrated rollout of these two endorsements in Southern California to make his biggest flash as possible for Biden, for California. And we're going to get into why, but first kind of set the optics here. Yesterday, we hear in the morning that Garcia is going to unleash his endorsement. And then we knew that Biden was going to be down here. We didn't really know what the circumstances were going to be. Campaign comes out. They say, hey, he's going to be on the Gerald Desmond Bridge, which is that big bridge connecting Long Beach and uh, San Pedro. And so you have this backdrop, infrastructure. Big project, right? And Joe Biden walking around with Robert Garcia, Latino uh, mayor, up-and-coming Democratic star. All of these things, that's a nice optic. Day two, optic going to be Garcetti rolling out his endorsement. 
the the image today was standing around firefighters talking about climate change, talking about international relations, talking about the crisis in the Middle East and the fact that Joe Biden's got the experience in order to make sure that the crisis doesn't expand. And so you have these two really big issues, not only nationally, but also locally here in California. You've got fires, you've got infrastructure, you've got labor and you've got um, you've got uh, also immigration all kind of coming together in this rollout. That was what they wanted coming in to dominate now two news cycles going into the weekend. How did he seem? Uh, Biden has at times seemed, well, frankly, very old on Not the campaign trail. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I've I've followed Joe Biden for a long time, and I think he's always kind of seen this seemed the same. Where okay. he, yeah, he he <laughs> has his moments where he gets lost in his thought, sure. where he, he's up there, and I can kind of relate to that. Where he's up there, he's got his points that he wants to make, and as he's making his points, he's like, "Oh, that's a shiny object off in the distance." There's we'll a supernova. Hey, there- Esther. <laughs> There is a supernova. Let's talk about that supernova, and, and that's how it goes. Uh, but listen, Iowa's only three weeks away. Yeah. I mean, why are they here? Yeah. I mean, because I know Pete Buttigieg is in town as well. Yeah. Just here to make money? Is that no? So that, that that gets into kind of the longer range strategy here. Joe Biden is doing what he can to win Iowa. He's not giving up on Iowa, but he sees California. His campaign sees California as this massive bulwark against potentially uh, Pete Buttigieg showing out big in Iowa and then big in New Hampshire. And Biden is probably going to win South Carolina. And if he wins South Carolina, let's just say that Mayor Pete wins those first two contests. You come into California in Super Tuesday. And if Biden ends up winning California or performing well in California, then that will be enough to change the narrative that Pete Buttigieg is running away with this or that uh, Bernie Sanders is running away with this or Elizabeth Warren. One. Two, money. Obviously, California's got a lot of it from political donors. But three, also uh, kind of showcasing by bringing out these mayors and bringing out these issues, his ability to hit local issues in other states and therefore kind of translate um, whatever success he's going to get on the ground in California to other states. So it's it's also about setting the national conversation, because if it's happening in market number two in America, it's going to be covered as it was today by every single network. Chris Carlo, great job. Thank you. Good to see your face. It's been Supernova. a while. Supernova. Supernova. Uh, can I get some hippie music up in here? I don't know if I have good, like, specific hippie music. It doesn't but I need do to be. There's no such thing as specific hippie music. Well, I mean, I have some, like, meditation music. This is not for you. This is for uh, Marianne Williamson, who was one of my so sad. Democratic fantasy players on my team when we picked uh, when we picked our team. I think she was part of the dregs. I don't think she was my first choice, my first round pick. She was down near the bottom. Uh, dear Marianne, so you're taking your crystals and going home. Your campaign was built on peace and love, but unfortunately, look around, honey. This is America. <laughs> Campaigns here are not one with peace and love. But let's focus on the positive because that's what you do. You look great for 67. Our flashback Friday year today is 1973, the year of Gary's birth. So for kicks, I decided to see what you were up to in 1973. And look at that. You were, of course, protesting the war. And that was the year you dropped out of college and began to live a nomadic existence began what you called your wasted decade. I'm beginning to like you more. You moved to New Mexico and lived in a geodesic dome with your boyfriend. 
and went to New York City to pursue a career as a cabaret singer. (laughs) But you said you got distracted by bad boys and good dope. You know what, Marianne? That is a campaign slogan for America. I hear you. Maybe next time. Namaste. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Our nine news nuggets you need to know coming up at the bottom of next hour. Alex Stone, just after the news, the latest on Boeing. How did we not know all that about the cabaret singer? Bad boys and good dope. Bad Bad messaging. Bad boys and good dope. (laughs) Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. For me to define his truth, like he gets to say what his truth is. Well, and like pronouns. Being a man has evolved too. It's changed. Yeah, it's like I don't know if you should capitalize the word man, like being a man, or if you should put it in quotes. Being a man has changed. Like the definition of it has changed. And somewhere Chuck Connors is punching us. I was just thinking about Chuck Connors too. Felt like he just punched me. Yeah. Yeah. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The big stories that we have been following today include the fact that Nancy Pelosi has said that next week is when she will take steps to send articles of impeachment to the Senate. She's asked Jerry Nadler and the Judiciary Committee to prepare um, a resolution to appoint managers and to transmit the articles of impeachment. Also, the debris of that 737 that went down near Tehran a few nights ago, or a few mornings ago, I should say, has been removed from the crash site. Uh, I guess they brought in some big bulldozers and have taken away basically what amounts to tons of literal evidence before anybody else could get there, before Ukrainian investigators or Canadians or Europeans or anyone else who may have had an opportunity to look at that and uh, gotten it out of the way. Well, it looks like Boeing employees knew they had a problem on their hands with the 737 MAX, and we're learning about that through emails and text messages. And a man's man, Alex Stone, joins us now to talk about it. That's right. Hey, guys. Yeah, so these are emails that were released to Congress, and they got the unredacted versions we got the redacted versions overnight last night. Pretty incredible to, to read some of these emails. They are internal, Boeing employees, and instant messages as well. Uh, they're talking to each other, one employee writing. And by the way, they wrote these while they were developing the simulator for the 737 MAX. So some of them are about the simulator. Some are about the airplane itself. They mock the FAA. They mock Boeing. Uh, but one employee writing, quote, the airplane is designed by clowns who in turn are supervised by monkeys, end quote. Uh, They go on to talk about there's no reason to require pilots to undergo simulator time before they fly the MAX. This week, Boeing said they want pilots to undergo simulator time before they get back in there. Uh, Another employee wrote, quote, I'll be shocked if the FAA passes this turd. Uh, They they say, (laughs) would you put your family on a MAX simulator-trained aircraft? An employee writes back, I wouldn't. And the other one writes back, no. I mean, they go on like this. It is a lot of pretty damaging emails that the Boeing put out. Can they can they be punished for any of this? I mean, I don't I don't think it's a crime for any of this, but it just looks it makes Boeing look so much worse than they already did. Yeah, no, it doesn't look very good. Uh, Congress, they say, and then we've heard today from the the chair of the the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, Peter DeFazio. He says. 
these emails show that Boeing deliberately concealed information for a number of years before the, the two crashes, the one in Indonesia and the one in Ethiopia, that they had information in some of these emails going back and forth that that MCAS system, at least in the simulator, that it was running rampant. And now we know MCAS played a role in, in both of those crashes. So they can use some of this in the congressional investigation and uh, did Boeing know anything? Were the employees aware that the plane had a problem? Most of these emails are more related to getting the simulator approved and pretty much saying that the FAA didn't understand what they were doing and that they were out of the loop and that Boeing was working to kind of hoodwink the FAA and uh, get everything passed without the FAA really knowing what it was approving. But if they could face any criminal charges or anything, Congress believes yes, but it's more embarrassing than anything at this point to show yet again what was going on inside Boeing while they were developing these systems, whether it be the simulator for the MAX or the plane itself. I wonder if the 737 MAX ever flies again. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Well, Boeing would say it, it's going to, but they've been saying since last March when it was grounded that we were only days or weeks away from it coming back. And now we're in January, and still the FAA is saying it's not ready to, to do that. There are still a number of steps to go. United has now moved its dates out until, I believe, June or July before they're going to allow the, the MAX at best-case scenario for them before the, the MAX would be back on their schedule. Southwest and American, they've still, uh, they're sticking to April right now, but they may have to bump it until later as well. I mean, globally, there are a lot of MAXs out there, and there are a lot more sitting up in Washington State that are brand new that they've been producing before they shut down the line here this month that every day, two a day, have been coming off the line. They've been parking them and then going and producing more and then parking those, waiting to, to allow them to fly again. And at this point, the FAA is still saying they don't know when this is going to go on and that the, the new head of the FAA, who came from Delta, that he believes that, at least he's indicated, that Boeing, they felt at the FAA, was kind of trying to push the FAA along by putting out timelines and saying that they were almost there and that they were good to go. The FAA has now told Boeing pretty much, tap the brakes, that this is going to go on the FAA's timeline, that Boeing is not going to be able to dictate this, and that even though in previous times that Boeing had a lot of control over certification on its own and kind of keeping the FAA out of the loop, that things are changing now. And the FAA says, obviously, with the two crashes, with everything we know now about the MAX, that this has got to go on and that Things are being modified, and they don't know when the plane is going to be back in the air. Mm. All right, Alex, thank you. Appreciate it. You got it. Thanks, guys. Alex Stone there with the latest. And, uh, again, these internal memos from Boeing, just horrible. And I, I think it's a worthy question. Yet, you know, Boeing, of course, is saying that the 737 MAX will be in the air. But I, I have to say, I have to imagine that at the very least, they're going to change the name of it. At the very least, they're going to rebrand this whole thing. You have to, even if they are recertified at some point within the last within the next several months to take back to the air, that they also come up with like a three month uh, dead period where nobody talks about the seven thirty seven Max, and when they hit back, uh, when they get back into the air, it's just called something completely different. Not that that's going to be enough to wipe everyone's fear away necessarily, but at least uh, it's an attempt to put some people's minds at ease. Seven dating trends to look out for in 2020 because ghosting is so last year, year before, year before that. 
It's Wait. all about flea bagging now. This is a great word. Based off the show Fleabag. Sounds bad. Why you don't want to pick a priest to have a crush on. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Still trying to figure out exactly what's going on in the crash site in Iran. Some witnesses had said it looked like some of the larger pieces of debris from that 737 that crashed may have already been removed from the scene. That that bulldozers literally came through and scraped clean some of the areas before outside investigators could get there. Uh, The Trump administration announced today some new sanctions as well on Iran after this week's missile strikes by uh, by Iran on U.S. bases. There'll be an executive order issued to impose sanctions on anyone involved in the Iranian textile, construction, manufacturing and mining sectors. And a death to tell you about Neil Pert. Neil Pert from the band Rush, uh, best known as the drummer and the primary lyricist for Rush. Died, uh, according to Wikipedia, died a couple of days ago, but um, we just found out about it a few minutes ago. So. Well, it looks like the experts, the dating experts, oh, you got a thousand bucks to give away. are going to give away a thousand dollars. Text the nationwide keyword TAB, T A B, to 200 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's TAB to 200 200. And if you win, they'll call you by phone. Make sure you pick it up. Uh, if you don't, they'll move on to somebody who will, and they get a thousand bucks, and you don't, and you are sad. I'm Bill Handel, and <laughs> uh, we're giving it away uh, every hour, every weekday, twenty minutes after the hour, between five twenty in the morning and six twenty at night. Well, the experts have gotten together and identified what will be the dating trends of twenty twenty. Well. Let me just say, I think some of them are not dating trends that are new. It's that, that we've given them new labels. Okay. Yeah. I mean, number one is Because we're labeling example. everything. Right. We have to. Everyone has to have their own truth. And I'm going to tell you their truth. Everyone has to be special. Right. Their own label. Got a thing. You got and medical you, the, issues. The, 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 the odder or less mainstream yes. your label, the more special you are. You don't have to be non-binary. You could be a-binary. And your pronouns could be she and they. You choose. Uh, (laughs) The first dating trend would be dial toning. Now, again, not a new thing, but a new name for it. Dial toning is when you give someone your number, they reach out, and you never reply. According to the dating site Plenty of Fish, 60% of singles have experienced this. And is it better or worse than being ghosted? You ever done that? Have you ever asked for someone's number and they gave you the wrong number? It does not happen to women. No. If you were to ask a guy for his number, he'd give you every phone. He'd give you his his home phone number, his office phone number, his cell phone number, a pager number, a couple of email addresses, etc. So that if you ever wanted to contact him, you could. I did this a lot in college. I'd give anybody my number, but I wouldn't answer the call. You know, I wouldn't call back. But you'd give him the real number. Yeah. 
Yellow carding. Because you, you don't want to appear term. to be, you know, as a woman, you don't want to appear to be bitchy. You know, you got to appear to be nice. So it's like, sure, have my number and then never uh, answer the phone. Uh, Yellow carding would be, as its name suggests from the sports world, you call out a date for bad behavior. Oh, yellow carding. That's not going to go well. When you're on a date, you don't you're not in that. uh, You're not in the time frame where you get to call out someone for bad behavior. All the you call them, you call them out during the date or you go on social media afterward and tell everybody what happened. That's a good question. I think it would probably be either one. Wow. Um, flea bagging is a great one because it comes from a great name from a great television show. Flea bag is an incredible show done by Phoebe Waller Bridge. And this is consistently dating the wrong type of person for you because in flea bag, she happens to fall in love with a priest. Well, remember the boyfriend that she has in the first season as well is a total weenie the guy that leaves her when he finds out that she's touching herself to president obama's speeches right yeah that guy (laughs) she outweighed that guy and she doesn't outweigh anything no uh white clawing have you ever dated somebody who was attractive but had very little else to them i mean they're just everyone has empty pretty shell i think everyone has what's it called white white clawing. clawing Why is it why is it called that? The the looks are there but the spark isn't. So if you're staying with them you're just white clawing them. I don't know because I don't get it. Cuz white claws are delicious. White claws are not <laughs> delicious. I, what? I think they are. The black cherry one? Oh. Gross. Well, you're not the demo. I hope not. Me too. Plenty, <laughs> plenty of fish found that 27% of people have stuck with people they found basic or boring. Because they thought they were just attractive. So true. Cosplaying, which is a play on cosplaying. This one is C-A-U-S-E as opposed to C-O-S. Have you ever had a former date message you months later asking you to like their Instagram page because they're trying to become an influencer? That's really sad. Ah. That is a desperate move. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Cosplaying is finishing with someone only to have them contact you to for a favor. Ah. 61% of Plenty of Fish people had said that they had experienced that. And then there's glam boozling. This makes sense. Again, not new, but a great new term for it. You've got your new nice top and jeans on. You curled your hair. You even did your smoky eye. Only get a text from your date asking to cancel or reschedule. You know, I know somebody around here who uh, has done this to dudes, and I won't name names. On purpose? But, like, they have a date set up, and then she cancels that day. And I'm like, that's not cool. Maybe that guy got a haircut for you. Right. You know? Maybe he hit the gym over these last three weeks because he had set it up. And and she's just kind of like, eh, I'm not into it. Not in the mood for it. Well, I would I know then. Yeah, I don't want to go out with a girl who's like, meh. Right. Whatever. Uh, oh, that's right. It's tonight. Right. Ugh. Guys can smell that. I hope. Don't chase people. That's our gas list lesson of the day. Nine news nuggets you need to know when we come back to Gary and Shannon. He's leaving. Leaving. Oh, that midnight train to Georgia. Yeah. Said he's going back. 
Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Big stories that we have followed uh, today. Nancy Pelosi said that we expect to have the articles of impeachment sent to the Senate uh, next week. Didn't think about this, but the State of the Union is currently scheduled for Tuesday, February 4th. Republicans want to have the president acquitted before he takes to the podium for the State of the Union address. Allison wrote to us on Twitter with some clarification on white clawing. Okay. Remember the dating trend for right. 2020? White clawing yeah. is when you date someone because they're attractive, but there's really nothing else going on there. Um, she says white claws have nothing in them in terms of calorie content, really. Not oh. high in alcohol. So a person who looks good but doesn't contain much. That makes that. Thank you for that. That makes well, uh, every Friday we like to uh, sit down and go through some of the stories that we didn't get a chance to go through during the week because we were busy on the verge of World War III at one point, it felt like. And now we've pulled back from it just a bit. Host of the Mo Kelly Show here on KFI joins us, Mo Kelly. Thank Good you. afternoon, Shannon Farron. And may I say congratulations on the impending loss of the San Francisco 49ers this weekend. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> you guys. Gary, you want to go ahead and tell them that was a real conversation we were having. Yeah, it's, I guarantee you. And the thing is, I can't wait until Monday because I want to see the, the text chain. <laughs> oh, man. However this goes. Oh, man. I want to see the text it's chain. It's going to be good. Someone's going to be mad. Because you have promised to text her. Well, you and all the other Rams fans will be watching at home. And so. Right. You'll be. What are you going to be on the field? Of time. Including the Rams. She'll be there. I mean, not on the field, but she'll be in I'll Santa be in Clara section 328. <laughs> it's a little different than, uh, than the Chargers games. Yes. <laughs> In the bleeds. <laughs> uh, but Mo, happy new year, by the way. Happy I don't new think year. I've even seen you this year. So congratulations on the new year. New you. And the new you. Yes. You're keeping your hair short. I'm brand new. Yes, I am. I like it short. You well, decided you. that's what you're going to go That means with? I'm going to have to grow it out because she likes it short. <laughs> Here's our honorable mention. Honorable mention. Not supposed to mention. I was going to mention it when the time was right. It's network policy not to mention it. It's been an honor serving with you all. Didn't I mention it? What an honor it is. Great and honorable Moses. So today we're holding auditions to become the newest member of Honorable Mention. Doesn't Ch- Chicago have enough to deal with? Chicago's on high alert. Coyotes. Two reports of coyotes attacking humans. People trying to cross the border in Chicago? No, no, different coyotes. Actual animal oh, coyotes. Oh, those Not coyotes. Coyote. Oh. These coyotes. aren't rural, rural areas either. This is a six-year-old boy who was hospitalized with a head wound. After his caretaker kicked and screamed to get that coyote off the kid outside a museum. Now, there's two things I want to say about this. First of all, is it possible that this is what really attacked Jesse Smollett almost a year ago? I was wondering who was going to work him into this conversation. Me. Yeah. And two, why don't they just let a bunch of roadrunners loose and solve the coyote problem? You're trying to make way too much sense out of this. (laughs) Uh, number nine. <laughs> I did nine plays of a cop's dirty nine times. That was dumb. And I speak nine languages. <laughs> I stay up till nine o'clock. Basically, everybody at table nine. I feel ready to go another nine in. Niner. Did I catch a niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? 88-year-old Norman Kinney says that his Friday afternoon was going smoothly. Quote, I had just returned from the store, parked my car, and when the door closed, I heard this little... Meow. Meow. The retired fire chief of Bath says that he thought the sound came from the car. So I looked. It was a fox. What did the fox say? (laughs) The fox said, you're going down, old man. The fox pounced on him and knocked him to the ground. I don't believe that. 
I don't believe that. I don't think foxes are that big. Yeah, only one person is telling this story. I mean, you know, he said he fought off a rabid fox. How does he know that it was rabid? We get foxes in the backyard, and they look mean. Mean, but not big enough to knock you over. He says that the fox grabbed onto his eye, and it's oh. a wonder he didn't get the eyeball and pull the eyeball out. That's a lot. Yes, he's t- doing too much. Here's number eight. Oh, it would be great. child is born every eight seconds. Listening to eight different bosses drone on about mission statements. You ever uh, do home improvement projects in the backyard? Maybe add a fountain, a grill, a smoker. Get out of my life. Maybe you put some lights up, some twinkle lights for entertaining. Yep. This guy put a gas station back there. Gas station in the backyard. Illegal homemade gas station. That's a little thing we like to call illegal. Can't do that, folks. Uh, I call that ingenious. Agree. (laughs) Well, first of all, you have to steal credit card numbers from people, buy gas with it, come and dump it into the tanks in your backyard, and then charge less for it. I think it sounds like a nice little business. Not everything illegal is a bad idea. That's true. Number seven. Sounds like a nice uh nice place. Wichita Falls says a man accused of choking and headbutting his girlfriend had a good a reason. Not they, it's not what they said, but she was complaining about the smell of his flatulence, and he decided to fight back by headbutting her and choking her. Well, if you don't like the smell of it, how about I cut off your airway? How does your wife react, Mo? Wow, I got personal real quick. <laughs> you started. Okay, I was I was genuinely not ready for that. Shots fired. Okay, are we talking about just in the normal course of living, or are we talking about at night when, when you're asleep? I didn't know Those there were so many count. opportunities. Whatever she says, they don't count. Okay, okay. Those don't count. Just want to make sure. <laughs> Nighttime doesn't count. You go after my 49ers and all bets are off. <laughs> number six. I got six. You got six. She got six. Uh, number six. There's six more weeks of winter. Why do you have a picture of me, a rabbi, and six drunken longshoremen? Why don't we just stick her in a nursing home closer to us so I don't have to drive six hours? Drink another six-pack. Number six. Turnabout is fair play, uh, Shannon Farron. <laughs> Just in case you're driving in Kentucky, don't be surprised if you see an electronic road sign that had to have been hacked, I'm guessing, which told drivers on the highway to <clears throat> send nudes. <laughs> Great. What's your question, Mo? <laughs> Since you're going to be... Te- Never mind. Never mind. All right. The top five of our nine news nuggets you need to know when we come back. Gary and Shannon along with Mo Kelly... Gary Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. John and Ken Show is coming up in a few minutes, but we're in the middle of our nine news nuggets you need to know, the way we uh, round out our week. And Mo Kelly, host of the Mo Kelly Show, you hear Saturdays and Sundays right here on the KFI, has joined us as well. Here's number five. For five minutes! I have five rules. We begin bombing in five minutes. Five little monkeys. This is the year 5.5. Do me a favor and lose five pounds immediately. I have a quick question for you. Do you ever feel like it's Sunday morning when you hear these? Like it's early Sunday morning and you're thinking about what you're going to do 
with the rest of your day. You trying to drive me insane? Because that's how I feel. Uh, our number five story, Taco Bell is offering $100,000 for store managers at some of their stores to try to be competitive. You know what I'd like them to do is to bring back the Baja Chalupa. I don't think that's what will make them competitive. They're worried about, listen, our unemployment rate is at 3.5%. And people don't necessarily want to work at a place like Taco Bell because they feel like there's no upward mobility. You're just, you know, you're slanging chalupas and that's it. Can we just take a moment to remember the Baja Chalupa circa 2001? Oh, they were tasty. Oh, my God. That sauce? Yes. And the crispiness of the the shell? Store managers at a place like Burger King could get about $45,000, $46,000 a year. If you work at a place like In-N-Out, those store managers can make $160,000 a year. That's the power of God. I'm telling you. Now I want French fries. More money. Wait, what? Here's number four. Four minutes! He's probably on his fourth tranquilizer by now. Commandment number four! There goes the fourth amendment. This isn't the same world you left four years ago, sir. You know how you used to have like an invisible boyfriend or girlfriend? No. This is the logical (laughs) extension of that. Amanda Teague from Down Patrick wet her ghost husband Jack on international waters back in 2016. Oh. But he was 300 years old. In a pirate ghost. Uh, and they got divorced because she said he was using her. As an energy source. Ah. You know what? This is kind of plausible. Did you ever see the movie The Entity? Barbara Hershey. Mm-mm. Wow. That would have been a long time ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. But Barbara Hershey was getting it on with this entity. Well, the entity was getting it on with her. I don't, I don't think she was a willing participant. I'm just saying this issue could happen. Stealing her spirit. This woman, this woman ended up with sepsis last year because the demon pirate ghost was taking her energy. How can you blame that on the ghost? Can we get a picture of this woman? No, we can do we get not a picture want of the ghost? that. I'm googling. No, it. here's number three. Three shall be the number thou shalt count, and the number of the counting shall be three. They were dead within three hours. Three. Security clearance level three. All three of you. Three. I got all three of you guys for the rest of your natural three. born lives. After about three days, they both start to stink. Three. You ever been to Bessemer, Michigan? No. Nor have I. But apparently that city there has spent about $3,500 to buy a marijuana smelling device for police officers. Why are you clapping? <laughs> I'm all for it. Why? I, I hate the smell the of it. people smoke their they pot. They smoke. Just keep that shite indoors. Pot is so much healthier for you. Then it smells like All of garbage. the other stuff. What about not smoking pot? Is that healthy? And just doing nothing? Well, yeah. This thing is called a nasal ranger. And <laughs> it looks like a megaphone that you stick up to your it nose. Does. It does. It's so horrible. Uh can you and if you imagine you combine that with the guy whose wife was complaining that his gas smells so bad, she'd knock herself out with that thing. <laughs> nice callback. Here's number two. What's going on, you two? Pick out two fingers. One, two. There are two people in this house. There's two sons and no women. Two ringy dingy. We always do these stories whenever the Olympics roll around that uh, all these young, hot. And sometimes not so. Athletes are banging around left and right. Well, at this year's Olympics in Tokyo, they are 
going to be using recycled cardboard for their beds. Do you see this this single tear that has left this right eye? No. You've adopted my phrase of banging around. Oh, well. Never going to do family show. Never going to do my hair like you. So proud. Uh, It turns out that the general manager of the Athletes Village had to tell everybody who's coming for the Olympics, do not worry. Do not worry. They will not fall apart when you're getting your Olympic style banging on. They can withstand uh, or they can stand up to 200 kilograms, so about 440 pounds. So I guess the weightlifters won't be doing each other. Uh, Probably not. Here's number one. We are number one. You are a number one. We're number one, That was a visual. That's all the cast. I decided to look out for number one. Are you the number one? (laughs) Row number one. Number one. Uh, Number one. I guess it's only appropriate that Seattle will be doing this. What is it? Reduce, recycle, reuse? Is that the phrase? Yeah. yeah. I don't. We, we don't want to reuse these. <laughs> Look, Seattle's going green. And when I mean going green, they're not leaving anything behind. I guess they will be the first city to use human composting. All right. Mm-hmm. That's, they're, we're done. They're working with the Wazoo Soil Science Department where they're actually going to compost human bodies and then use it for fertilizer. Jesus, Mary and That's Joseph. reuse. I guess that is that reuse. That sounds unsanitary. Well. What are you going to do? Not do it? John Cobalt's here. Yay. To what do we owe this pleasure? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I heard somebody called for me. Wait a minute. You were really? wandering down the hallway and mm-hmm. you said, yes. I'll stop in there. Yeah. Any questions? Uh, I, Were you calling for him? I didn't. Mo, did you ask for John to come in? Yes. Um, how about those Dodgers? How about those Dodgers? <laughs> Very timely reference. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, I can tell you what's going oh, on the show. I know. You know what? It what? was about It was about um, the plumber story. Not the plumber story. The plunger story. What? That was we were reminded of the plunger story. What plunger story? His plunger story. My plunger That's story. That's a private story. That's not for on the air. What do you mean? Oh, no. I, I've told it on, on the air. air. Yeah. But on your show. Okay. Oh, we like, can't talk. Yeah. About- I wouldn't want to foul your show. <laughs> 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 I came in here and you're talking about human composting. <laughs> right. You have standards. I forgot. Right. <laughs> I heard that uh, you guys were doing uh, the story that we did uh, a while back about things that people uh, got stuck in their rectums. Yes. That was great, that wasn't was the, it? That was the one story I found over the Christmas break that was worth uh, saving over. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like, how the do one you? you remember how does the air freshener can end up there <laughs> i think that was an accident the guy fell no, on it it's no it's never an accident <laughs> when something ends up there uh, it's by choice yes yeah i don't know i don't know what pleasures come from that <laughs> i haven't experienced it and i'm not and... going to <laughs> just live without that <laughs> the year is young yeah. john and ken show is coming up next mo kelly thanks for coming in listen to mo tomorrow night and sunday night on the mo kelly show And we'll see you on Monday. Stay dry, everybody. Blessings. And so we come to the end of another fun-filled episode of... Gary and Shannon.